Oh yeah. Bay vibes with a whole lot of laughs. Kicking knowledge on a new podcast. Dad vibes, but we run it with class. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. Yeah, it's the second half. Hey, it's the second half. Kicking knowledge on a new podcast. Listen up, show love, homie. It's the second half. Well, I think from the last episode, we touched on our feelings, and I, I'm still, based off of what I said last, I didn't, I stuck to my guns, I wasn't rooting for the Eagles, and if the Chiefs could lose too, I would have been happy, but there had to be a winner, but I will say, I did appreciate watching the homes. Damn, that guy was just, he was good. He was good. Uh, second half, they made adjustments. Scored on every possession. And the guy just refused to lose. So really quick, second half, they made adjustments. That's what the show is about, second half adjustments. <laughs> That's what we do. Very true, very true. But back to the, the game, um, I know a lot of people made, uh, they, they weren't happy with the last call, right? My argument to that is when is the right time to make that call? You know, it's is it only when your team is in it and you want it for the team you're rooting for? Because, yeah, it wasn't an egregious foul but it was still a foul um, and the, the referee was in a lose-lose situation uh, if he didn't make that call he would have been that ref that didn't make the call and now he's the ref that made that call that during that time of the game but I felt like he was forced to make that call because the ball was thrown in that direction where, where he was covering if it was thrown on the other side of the field, I think he would have kept it in his pocket. Like, forget it. But yeah, that was, uh, that's my take on the Super Bowl. I, I agree with you on the last call. Um, I don't think, I don't think he makes that call if it wasn't so obvious. It was, it was just obvious is what it was. It sucked it was at the final moments of the game. Um, and it was a really good game. You know, fuck that. I'm not even gonna lie. I didn't even watch that shit live because I was still hurt. So fuck all that, right? Um, <laughs> but you know, as a true sports fan, after I got over my emotions, I did decide to watch it. And I'm like, man, if you're an Eagles fan, that shit sucks. But at the same time, it was just way too obvious. He had to call it. Good game overall. Also agree with you on Mahomes. Um, tired of his current ass voice, but. Dude is fucking talented, and like you said, those second half adjustments proved crucial for them. I mean, good on Andy Reid for coaching, right? And, like, like winning in Philly, you know, kind of meant more for him. So good for him, but overall, you know, fuck both teams, really. 
I'm just going to keep saying it. The Niners should be the Super Bowl champs. So I, I agree with you on both, both teams. Yes. Agree with you on the call that had to be made. Um, what I was going to say was, does Mahomes get more of the credit that Andy Reid should get? Because what stuck out to me, and it ties to that, that call, they ran that play twice before, a variation of it. And both times they got a touchdown, right? They ran it to one side, then they ran it to the other side. That was the same play roughly, like the, I forget who the receiver was, but he ran in. Juju. Juju, he ran in, and then he like stopped and then ran, ran back out. So that's play calling, uh, or that's coaching, right? So I, like, as much as I hate Mahomes, I do, I do like Andy Reid, actually. And if I'm not mistaken, is, is Andy Reid, is he Bill Walsh or no? You know, I'm trying to tie it back to the Niners, but I feel like he should be. I feel like because of, of, of how long he's been in the league, you can almost tie anyone who's been coaching for 20, 25 years back to Bill Walsh, but I don't think he is. Yeah, you're right. I think, I think you're right. Um, I think I asked, like, what's a highlight? Because that play, though, was a low light for me. Because I, I did kind of watch most of the game, and it, it was actually a pretty entertaining game. Um, like, taking out my Niners fandom, I thought uh, Hertz had a great game, and it shows, like, just one mistake like the turnover that he had, how much it can, it can potentially like just hurt, like well, not help your team or like impact the, the score, right? Uh, but it felt like it was building up to like a really great ending, right? And then the call kind of just deflated that feeling, right? It had to be made, but I would have just liked to have seen what happens without the call. So what, what let me touch it? on that um, turnover. I mean, I understand, like, it's a big deal, but it wasn't, in my eyes, it wasn't that big of a deal. You were still up 10 at half. Everyone wants to argue, yeah, but they could have been up 17. Could they have been? You don't know that, right? They weren't in position to score another touchdown. They were still at their own 40 to 50 or whatever. So, even after that score, they answered, and they were up 10 at half. So, if you're already up 10 at half, you're supposed to win that game, in my eyes. So, I don't think that turnover was, like, crucial, you know? That's just my opinion. I, I didn't think it, it swayed the game one way or the other. Yeah. At the end of the game, I, I don't think it was the one that really... Um, change the momentum at all. I mean, like you said, they were up 10 anyway. It was it was really that last turnover. But that's where you have to give, I think, Reed credit, though, because he made the adjustments, and it felt like... like I could argue, yeah, they should have had those points. Philly should have had those extra 7 or 3, whatever the, they could have got if he didn't turn it over, because they didn't seem to make adjustments. Or they didn't adjust to the adjustments that Kansas City made. Also in the second half, Kansas City seemed to like turn up its D a bit, right? And they seemed to pressure a little bit more and it didn't seem like 
Philly really adjusted to that. So I think that's where I just I, I came away impressed by Andy Reid actually, and and maybe his coaching staff too, right? Uh, I mean, Andy, you're absolutely right there. I think yeah. that really speaks to Andy Reid. Yeah. More so than the turnover itself, it just speaks to Andy Reid. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like he did, he did everything he was supposed to do, everything that you wanted the Niners to do. Um, right. Andy Reid did. Um, so there you go. I didn't even get to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I was stopping. They shut down like a full portion of 680, dropping off the kid from Fremont to back to Concord. I mean, it's commute, boy. Man, I was stuck for three hours. Three hours in that one traffic. <laughs> but did you even? I saw the. I mean, I saw like the highlights, but on social media. You know, you know, those are only like snippets. I mean, that's all I needed to see. <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't a big priority. It wasn't a big priority, <laughs> <It wasn't> a big <laughs> priority yeah. for me to go watch that game yeah. or anything. I mean, I, last time we talked, I was excited to see the Rihanna show. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you know. So did, right? you, did you catch that? Or on social media. You caught that. How many times yes. did you catch that on social media? Once. That's all I needed. I could have told you what happened, and it would have been the same result. Like, what do you the mean? same type of excitement. The way I'm telling you how the show went down. How that's it? Yeah. Did you like it? No. You didn't like it? I didn't. Why? Man, I, I think I, I referenced this before. It's like you could watch, or you could go through uh, pictures of Rihanna and have her music playing in the background, and that was a halftime show. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, let, me, let me speak to that, though. Really <laughs> because, you know, it's funny. I, I was saying the same thing. I was like, damn, she just played her whole historical catalog. Yeah. And if you're watching that on face value, you're like, that was kind of a shitty performance. Right? Like that, you know, most of the time <clears throat> when people take this halftime show opportunity, when they don't really get paid, so they use this to you know, get free publicity, it's marketing, right? This is the most watched show of the year, free marketing. So then it led me to really start questioning what were her motives for doing this? And shout out to her, first of all, big ups for going there pregnant. I mean, that's, that in itself, you know, raises the bar, <clears throat> like, uh, I don't know about you guys, but that. I do applaud her for getting on that floating stage yeah, 50 feet in the air i mean I, I was worried for her life right yeah. and the baby's life right but overall performance you can't help but compare past performances right especially for a halftime show yeah. well and it's like ah, a little i'll go finish it really back. quick the thought i was going to say is before i get into the final thought though i thought it was really funny i i, I was watching this one meme and this one meme was like did the dancers represent all the sperm that didn't make it and impregnate her? That's pretty good. That is a good one. I did not see that meme. There's a lot of half-naked male dancers. Oh, they were showing their bellies, right? the bellies, right? But how was it finished with that? So I started asking myself, why is she doing this? And then you start looking into Rihanna a bit further, and you're like, yeah. 
All right, we're going into the ASAP Rocky. I don't know how it got there. Whatever. Good on you, ASAP Rocky. But she's worth $1.4 billion right now. She's single-handedly, uh, I, I believe, the highest-earning female musician of all time. So then you're like, so why was she doing this? She did get paid out by Apple Music, which is a rarity. Again, usually no one gets paid. She got paid out. She did. She did. Oh, okay. But then you think about who she is and what she is. She's at this next level, right? This is all for Fenty. The marketing was all for that business. Oh, she's a spokesperson? That, she owns it. That's, she her, owns that's her line, bro. She owns Fenty? The, yeah, it's her, that's actually that's her, her last name. That's her money. That's her last name? Yes. Yeah, so, so Fenty in itself is a $1 billion enterprise, and she just said, fuck that. I'm going to play my fucking catalog. These dudes, or these, everyone who's listening to this loves all this shit anyway. But this really isn't for that. It's just for Fenty. So fucking genius, Rihanna. That's what you said, like, afterwards? Or that's, no, no, no. That's, 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 how, that's, you, just what that's you, how you took yeah, it? That's what I deduced. Yeah. So two things on Rihanna. Like, I was going to ask, do you think you think our reaction is just the male reaction? Because, like, I, I watched it with, like, my sister and my sister-in-law and my daughter and my niece, and they were all in. They were, like, they were ready for every song. Um, and I don't want to generalize, right? Like, that's a small subset. But while they were, like, you know, you know singing, like, throw it up, throw it up, like, they're doing all their, I'm like, this is boring, right? Throw it up, throw it up. Because here's like my thing, like the visuals are great, right? Yeah. But she just seemed disinterested, and and but then like you, I like I, I read up on things, like that's kind of her thing. Like her thing is like it's kind of even keel or like I don't know, it's like I don't know what the, the word is like disinterested is what I, what I read in one article, right? Um. So there's that, right? Like maybe my reaction is just I don't follow her enough. Maybe I shouldn't say like male versus female, maybe it's like follower versus non-follower, right? The second part for me is lost opportunity. I needed a cameo, like such a discography. Like I'm like, yo, Drake's coming out. You know, Jason's coming out. It was a shine bright like a diamond. I'm like, dude, somebody's gonna come out and nobody came out. And again, I'm a non-follower, so maybe that's her thing. But like, but like, well, also, on that, on that, let me just stop. Like, her training with Super Bowls, I think, like the halftime performances with a lot of artists. So, you know, I, I do have to give her the credit in that she, she did carry it, and there wasn't, like, all the backup, you know, she didn't try on other artists, you know. So, I feel like I give her credit, but, like, for me personally, it just, it, would, it felt super short, you know. So, great points, all of that. Um, I really like your rendition of that song. No, it's, if you don't catch that, that's it. But that actually supports what I'm saying. I, do, I think she decided, I'm not having any cameos, because yeah. this isn't about yeah. music in a sense. Yeah. This is about my business and promoting that business. And it's, it's a fucking genius move. It's a good move. Like, yeah. Because Fenty in itself is designed for minority women. It's a big brand, designed for a minority brand. I think she has a, a Seattle Jacks Fenty or whatever that is, um, which is like a, a, a line of clothes. Are you nodding your head because you know? Yeah, but I didn't know. Yeah. Um, that's weird that you know. Uh, 
that's okay. I think of any of us, if he wouldn't know. If this was appropriate, <laughs> Phil would know. Yeah, actually. that's true. And that's Pops, actually. Yeah, that, that is. Yeah. Um, but genius marketing move overall because who do you touch in the Super Bowl halftime show? You touch white America. You know, you, you touch the, 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 the Swifties, basically. Um, an audience or, or, or a, a demographic that she hasn't really been introduced to in that way. So uh, I got to give her a big upside. I just think she used it well, used that platform well, and there you go. So I think her performance for me, though, bringing it back to the game, it's the microcosm of the game, just slightly disappointing. <laughs> you know? like, when I look back, when I talk about this Super Bowl, it'd be like, yeah, Rihanna performed. Yeah, there was a call. It was all right. Niners weren't there, though. <laughs> that's how I'm going to look at it, basically. That's, that's a good yeah. close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good close. You got anything on that, Peaches? Nope. Do you even wear Savage X Fenty? No. Have you gifted it to you? Ooh. No. Would you? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know we weren't going to talk about this, but let's really quick talk about All-Star Saturday. More, more specifically, the dunk contest. Because I, I didn't watch the All-Star game because I heard it was crap, and everybody on socials were just saying it was shit game but the dumb contest we were at great wolf lodge celebrating uh my son's birthday shout, oh, out, shout out great wolf lodge by the way uh no shout out Jaden and uh jeremiah for their birthday happy birthday happy birthday um but yeah we were watching and mcclung was Speechless, man. Yeah. (laughs) You said that like a proud father. (laughs) Well, no, because, okay. They always say the heavily favored loses, right? And going into it, because of his YouTube videos, all his highlights, he was a favorite, and everybody thought, oh, okay, he's more than likely not going to win. And this guy showed up, didn't miss a dunk, and every dunk that he had, you were just like, damn. You know? Uh, That first dunk, uh, it wasn't any different than, um, God, what's his name that plays for the Bucks? He used to play for Portland. He did the- He's still playing right now. He's still playing right now. The other uh, white boy, Oh, uh, Alan? No, 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 not Alan. He was in a dunk contest. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name right Brent now. Barry? <laughs> but he, so he, that other player, why I'm blanking on his name, I don't know why. He didn't do, he didn't jump over, but he did the tap the backboard and he dunked it. And then, uh, yeah, McClung to jump over those two guys, tap the backboard, dunk it. Especially at his height. How tall is he? Dude, I, I want to say he's like 6'1", 6'2". Mm-hmm. So, so my height. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Oh, good, good, good self plug. <laughs> I, I agree too. When you were saying that was a good statement, what you said about him sounding like a proud father. <laughs> I think you can't help it though because we've all been following him on social media. Yeah. And when you know when he was with the Warriors for that short stint, you can't help but just root for him. You've been seeing him doing this shit in high school, through college. Mixtapes. Mixtapes, right? So you were, you, there's no way you weren't rooting for him, yeah. right? Like you wanted to see this dude succeed. Yeah. And, and personally, I wanted him to stay on the Warriors, um, not necessarily because he added something that, uh, a, a dimensional aspect that we needed to win, but he was just entertaining for me when he was in. I'm like, ah, I just want to see him duck on someone. You know what I mean? It was, it was always, it was a, it was a good consolation prize for me, just to see him in. But to what you were saying about the All Star game itself being trash, I think it's funny. You know it's trash because all of, not all of the players, but a lot of the players were actually speaking as to how there was no defense. It was just a pickup game, and that's what it looked like. I mean, when the score is like 180 to whatever. I mean, of course, it happened with the Kings game, too, last night. But when it, when it gets there, you have to ask yourself, was there any defense at all? Jalen Brown touched on it, and what he said was perfect. It was a glorified layup line. You know, nobody's playing defense. And I get it. No one wants to get hurt, right? Uh, your ultimate goal isn't to win an all-star game or be an all-star MVP. It's to win a championship. But... Back in the day, man, those guys played with more heart, more competitiveness, and okay, for some reason that game meant a lot. So I don't know if they should do something like what the MLB does with their all-star game, right? Like, okay, I get it. There's an east and a west. Field, uh, right. Advantage. So depending on who wins east or west, I, I know they don't do east or west because they have captains, but yeah. the captains are east and west. So, whoever, whichever team wins, that's how they start off the NBA Finals. Like, oh yeah, regardless of what seed you are, we're gonna start on the East or the West, depending on the All-Star. I agree with you. I think that right there will make it competitive because there's now real stakes. Yes. Right? Like, I do like, I like the, um, <clears throat> NBA doesn't use it. I read an article and it's, it's called the Elam ending. Right, because they changed the format, um, where they add points to like the leading team score and have a target score or whatever. I like I like that. I thought that's a cool wrinkle to add to like a game like this, which is kind of meaningless. But uh, and, and it seemed like in last year when they first introduced it, it was more competitive because I know they're playing for charity. So how do you make it like competitive throughout? Like have real stakes, real risk involved? I think. And then maybe you do incentivize the players too, like real money, right? I mean, but gambling's like now part of this league, like other leagues now, like, okay, now there should be some like real money associated with it. Um, but, uh, so that also goes to like the, all the NBA All-Star game is broken. And the other point I wanted to make is as much as I love seeing McClung play, I think he was kind of the favorite because who was he going up against? So that speaks to none of the none of, none of like the stars in the league want to do the dunk contest anymore, right? So again, like that, that's where I think All Star Weekend is kind of to some extent broken 
right? Like there's no real incentives. Like the stars, stars don't want to really participate, you know, yeah. in the main game where the, the other are met. Can, can I add a thought to that really? Yeah, quick? please. For me, I think doing away with the East and West format is what brought us to where we are right now. Because it takes away from the competition itself, it takes away from what you're representing. You know, just knowing, going back to those days in the, in the 90s or even the 80s or 80s and 90s combined, they were representing, it was, it was territorial. It's like, I am coming from a tougher conference and here's why. And the All-Star Game was a way to promote, if not provoke that, hey, my team from the West is better than the East, right? And you love that. You love that as a, as a fan because you are always being here, of course, as West Coast as it gets. You're like, yeah, uh, West Coast is always better than the East Coast. Um, it's, it's, you need, if you can't incentivize these players when you're talking about players who are earning multi-millions, you gotta create beef between them. You have to pick sides. Right, exactly that. Yeah. And if, without that, this format to me, it just doesn't work. I, I really don't like this captain shit. Um, doesn't do much for me. I, I've, I've never liked the format at all. I'm just saying that for, for myself personally. Well, I think, like, so the question is, what do you want out of it? Competition. Right? See, like, so, like, as fans, we want competition, right? But, like, the league wants publicity. It's revenue, revenue right? It's money. It's sponsorships. So I think, like, I don't mind the idea of, like, draft you know a draft because like you know on the hard top you know like that's, 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 how, that's how they do right they should have did it that way it, it was dragged out for over an hour i didn't see it but like yeah yeah no, i didn't see it either it's just what i heard on draymond's podcast it it, it, it took a long time to pick teams and it should have been everybody on the floor i want you 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 so right? so like you know do they take a page out of some of the better basketball movies, which we'll get to in a bit, but then they play at on the hard top, like at Rucker Park, right? And then add stakes to it, right? Like whoever wins, you do the draft right there in front of a real crowd, right? In New York, in the Mecca, and then whoever wins gets home court advantage. You know, that satisfies the fan element, and then it also maybe satisfies, you know, revenue. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm just throwing shit out there because like, I don't, always watch every all-star game because of these reasons right unless it's curry going off with 50 you know right as you saw last year <laughs> what's your take on that peach the new format that they have it's it's stupid i honestly think it's stupid as hell it does take away from east versus west like every all-star game from back in the day like you wanted to be the best fucking player on the court and you wanted to prove that shit against the best players look michael jordan did the shit hell times <laughs> come on um shaq showed his dominance in the damn all-star game like a lot of times even what was it um tim duncan and david robinson didn't they get co-mvp one year or something mm -hmm. like that right i think so yeah you want to show your fucking dominance. I was going to hit that really quick because to that same point, I mean, Jason Tatum being the MVP with that line he had, that line is amazing, but it's like a line in a glorified pickup line 
it kind of takes away from it. So <coughs> I acknowledge what you're saying about what does the NBA want. I, I think right now they need to reevaluate it and, and, and look at it just from a perspective of change because they tried it. You know, good good on them for trying it, for trying to get creative and inventive as well. I just think it's running its course right now and yeah. change it up again. Bring back a competition. If you want me to watch the, the All-Star game, you know, speaking of people in the second half of life, um, I need to watch an actual game. I'm not going to watch an hour draft. And I think that's what they've been doing. So to kind of get even more analytical as to that statement about what does the NBA want, it looks like they're trying to draw publicity. They're just drawing publicity to not actual fans of basketball. You know, it's like a reality TV show almost, yeah, right? Cool. Um, so I, I just I, I want to see the game played again because it adds to that. I mean, the whole buildup of the All Star Weekend is a fucking All Star game. The dunk contest, the three point contest, these are all just sub games within the greater context, right? Mm. We're not even watching that shit anymore. No, we're yeah. looking forward to All-Star Saturday. And even you're looking more forward to the celebrity game. Or I don't even know if the uh, Rising Stars <laughs> Challenge is uh, a game to watch. But yeah, the All-Star game, I mean the uh, celebrity game is more entertaining. Because I don't even know if you saw what happened. I just saw a highlight of The Miz making a half-court shot, right? Yeah. It didn't count. But still, it was more exciting because a dude that doesn't even play basketball throws up this prayer, and they were down, I don't know, four, right? They get a quick bucket. They needed another bucket to win, and it was like a second late, but he made it. And everybody was like, is it going to count? Can I just say, I think you're like the only person I know who watches the celebrity uh, game, actually. <laughs> I watch this. Do you really? Know? It's good, man. I know. I, I never watch the celebrity. And I'll tell you why. I wa- I, it's more entertaining because you're finding out who play. could play. Yeah. Right. It's just like I'm not sure I, understand. I feel like this podcast, right? We're just some average people, average guys getting together, shooting the shit, but it's relatable. So watching celebrities who are professional athletes, you get to see them play. It's like, it's relatable because like, I could bust his ass. You know what I mean? Right. You're watching an NBA play, you're like, I, I can't bust his ass. Do you think you could bust the Mrs. ass? In, in who? Yeah. At my age, I think I still can. <laughs> I support you with seeing though because it was exciting. It was exciting. And that's what actually his last statement about the Miz making that three-point shot. Fucking Miz. Um, that's fucking funny. But what are you doing? He's fucking competing, right? Yeah. So that just shows you yeah. the basketball fan will watch, you know, fucking dudes with their legs cut off as long as they're competing. Yeah. Um, that's what we want to watch. We want real stakes, real drama. Right. Right, not fabricated, but like, because... I actually had a chance. I've like I've gone to an All Star Weekend, uh, New Orleans. I took my brother, 2017. You did, yeah. Uh, great time, by the way. <laughs> There's any city to go to for All Star Weekend, New Orleans. Hey, big boy of the year, by the way. That's <laughs> that's some shit. It's a great trip. It was a great trip. Yo, good on you, bro, Dario. Fucking 
Shout out. Remember the he took you to the 2017 All-Star game. Shout out. Shout out, Ruben. He goes by now. Ruben. Um, but you know what we went to watch? Saturday night. Not Sunday night. We went to go. I think Clay was in the three-point contest that year. And we went to watch that. So I got us tickets to watch that because I had zero interest in the game. So I think that goes to show to, like, to prove your point. Like, there's no real competition. It's been that way for a while, all right? This is 2017, so six years ago now. But like, it's been that way for like 20 years. That's when AD scored 50 something, right? That was AD's year that he won the MVP. Because it was in his hometown? Right. I think you're right. Yeah. It's not hometown, but just the city that he's playing yeah. for. Just think back to what Peaches was saying earlier. Think back to how we used to get together and be like, hey y'all, we used to treat the fucking All-Star game like the, like the, like the Super Bowl. But we're gonna watch it this year. Yeah. yeah. When was the last time we asked yeah, him? Nah, nah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it died like with Kobe, like around that time, because he used to keep it competitive. Mm-hmm. So I think some of it also he brought that out of everyone. But some of it speaks to also just kind of the changing of the game in terms of like player development and all these AAU leagues because everyone's all friendly, right? So there's that element, and then there's also just I mean, too, there's the globalization of the game. To your point, right? Like because there's such a big you're going global, now you're trying to attract non-fans, right? So, you know, but like to the real fan, you gotta have competition. You wanna see who the hell the GOAT is? Yeah, yeah. Of today's game. Yeah. That's who you want, that's all the topic is. Who's the GOAT, who's the GOAT? Fucking show it in an NBA All-Star game. Show that shit. Do you see LeBron out there like showing out or anything? And he's like the GOAT? right now Lego. I mean you know Lego. for real like that's what we want to see as NBA fans we want to see that like he's not proven that stuff in the all-star game yet I mean maybe he has I don't know I don't remember maybe but Kobe did it he showed it up Magic did it Magic did it Jordan did it Jordan did it of course yeah yeah I mean that's what the hell we want to see. Like, come on. Bring it back to East first, West, and show the fuck out who the best person on the court is. You know, we a good point about how this is more, um, um, this, this, what we're seeing in the All-Star game speaks more for the players representing the current time. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that said, this is way off topic but it kind of connects just watching that Bill Russell documentary to me Bill Russell is the GOAT of all time I uh, I was on the fence for a while and I kept saying it was Kareem just because of what he was doing college level NBA um, that sky hook still the most unstoppable move ever definitely not exciting but unstoppable in its own right um, but Bill Russell you know, just what he was going through, what he was dealing with off the court. This is what I was saying. You know, I, I think when you take a player and you look at the greatest of all time, first of all, you know, think of that. Think of that term. It says all time. So when you think of all time, you have to capture everything. And, and this is a debate where there's no winner or loser. Obviously, this is all perspective. Yeah. Um, but when I look at that, I have to always 
add on what that player was dealing with off the court because it it lends to the totality of the experience i mean there's just nothing that compares to that time you know this Bill Russell, first of all, shout out to him because he's fuck, fucking fucking Oakland, right? So you always got to cheer for your your local dude. USF. Once USF, USF, right? Who the fuck represents USF? Bill <coughs> fucking Russell, right? Um, Eleven championships, half of that is a player coach. So you, it just there's just so much I can argue for why he is the greatest of all time, but more so than what he did on the basketball court. Just what he did off the court. I mean, he came into the NBA in the 50s. This is when players were abused for their skin color, right? Um, and you couldn't just walk into, you know, uh, an opposing team stadium and just comfortably play. He had to fear his safety, right? He had to fear for his family's safety. There's no player right now that goes through that. You know what I mean? So when you think about people who paved the way and set these foundations for the game as it is today, but society, the safety that we all enjoy today, for NBA players, you've got to credit Bill Russell, um, credit Kareem, but you know, Bill Russell started that movie. He was heavily involved in um, every social justice movement he could get into. And admittedly, if you watch the documentary, it's a great documentary. Um, you watch the documentary, he, he was kind of uncertain of his place and, and where he fit in there, but he realized that he did have a platform and that he should use it. Um, that's not to say that someone like LeBron wouldn't have used his platform if he were there. It's just he didn't have the opportunity, right? And going through that hardship, that tribulation, he also didn't amass 11 championships. I gotta say that's GOT to me. Yeah. Oh yeah, is From running all the courts, SF to the town Dad pause, now we just running our mouths Barbershop talk, rocking the spot Got you thinking these opinions all coming in hot Lifelong bond has the convos flow Time just goes, constant growth Straight from the base, spreading knowledge and laughs Listen up, show love, homie, it's the second half